0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Hope you're having a good weekend so far. I'm with you until seven this Saturday morning. After six, I'm in conversation. But first, it's the best of Steve Allen. My weekly roundup of some of the best bits from my early breakfast shows, starting with this. Uh, Too much television can give you a deadly blood clot. It's because you don't move. It's because you don't move, and I'm not very good at moving. Once I'm in front of the television, I don't move. I (laughs) have to psych myself up for doing something. So yesterday I thought, right, I'm going to put the heating on. And I haven't put the heating on uh, for a year. So I put it on yesterday, and normally I get the radiator key, because you have to drain a couple of radiators, because I've got one... Two, three, four, five, six. I've got seven radiators, which actually is not an exorbitant amount. But my place heats up, like, really quick. So I sat around in my pants, you know, which is my place. Do what I want, actually. I could sit there start naked if I so wished. But I decided to s- sit around in my pants as some sort of celebration because it was so warm. And, and I thought that was nice. That was nice. I quite like sort of sitting The heating comes on and it heats up. I didn't need to drain any radiators at all. So it was, it was a, a good day. And just as well, it had been freezing this morning when I walked out the front. I went, oh, i going need to probably go and buy another coat this year. Everybody's got new coats. Paul Smith, the newsreader, has got a new coat out there. He's, uh, he's sort of bought it. It's, uh, I think it's easy instalments. But anyway, he's, he's sort of got that. Everybody's got new, new coats on because it's so cold. You need a scarf and you need a hat. I saw one of the other producers earlier on and he didn't have a scarf on. And he had buttons undone on his shirt. And I thought, no, it's cold out there. It really is. Mind you, he goes swimming in ponds. He's been doing Highgate Pond. He'll make lots of new friends up there, I should imagine. But uh, he's he's doing this open swimming. It's part of this strongman thing that people do, isn't it? And we have people as well who listen to this programme who do it. Somebody says, can you not keep telling us how cold it is? I can't bear the cold. What are you going to suffer then, aren't you? You're going to really, really suffer this week because the temperature is going to plummet. Your blood will freeze in your body. You will be immobile, rigid, erect. You will not be able to sort of to sort of do anything at all because it's going to be so cold to wrap up. You've got to wrap up. You know, yeah, you are. Do you know if, if, if I saw somebody walking out Twickenham High Street yesterday in a pair of shorts. What are, they, are these people mad or something? There are, there, well actually we have a sports college as you can tell by looking at me in Twickenham there is a sports college and uh, and a lot of the sports boys wear shorts and flip flops and things like that so it might not just all be Australian we appreciate that Australia, but you know, I've never seen him here in a pair of shorts have I? have you worn shorts in here? oh have you? oh right I'll come if I have I'd have remembered something like that. Oh, that's right, because ah, that's right. I remember thinking to myself as he walked past me, oh, look, Christina Ronassus. And then I thought, oh, no, it, because she was known as being very, very hairy. And he's very hairy, aren't you? You're a very hairy person. I don't think if you wear shorts you should be hairy. I think you should sort of maybe shave or something like that. <laughs> Cyclists shave their legs. You know why? Because it's to do with the... Um, the aerodynamics, isn't it? I used to have a trainer at the gym when I used to go to the gym and he used to shave his whole body because he used to do swimming and cycling as well. woo well, hey. Uh Steve, men in flip-flops and shorts yesterday, shopping. I know! Who goes shopping in shorts in November? Dreadful. Another one here says, uh, your bonkers sat in your pants on November. I won't be doing that until half past June, says Darren. I thought, you know, I put the heating on and my place heats up within ten minutes, seriously within ten minutes, and it was it was delicious. It really, and also it motivates you to do other things. But then, when you lie down on the settee, oh, it's lovely. The heat wafted over me, and, and that was it. Then I climbed into bed, and I took a hot water bottle to bed with me. And a friend of mine said you took a hot water hot water bottle to bed, and I don't. Yeah, why not? It's a lovely one. It wasn't the rude hot water bottle. I have got the rude hot water bottle. I can't begin to tell you the rude hot water bottle. Who bought me that? Who bought me the rude hot water bottle? <laughs> was it one of my producers? It was very rude hot water bottle. I've never seen such a rude hot water bottle. But anyway, no, this is one sent in by a listener, which they they knitted the cover for it, and it's lovely because if you've got a knitted cover on hot because you can't just put your feet on a hot water bottle because you take the skin off. But uh, with the uh, with with the knitted cover and the rude one, it works out quite well. But I have taken the rude cover off. <laughs> only temporarily. Uh, shorts on, but definitely, says Kevin the Miltman, no flip-flops. Hate flip-flops and the obligatory white socks. Lovely weather. Uh, somebody says, I've just got my bobble hat out. It's been attacked by moths. Just go and buy another one. Just go and buy another one. Steve Allen on LDC. Lovely pictures today. An intimate portrait of a 70-year marriage. Uh, Ingrid Seward has done a piece called My Husband and I. Actually, Ingrid's Late husband, he died some years ago now. We used to use on LBC all the time. But a lovely picture of the Queen who just seems to have, you know, she, she uses the corgis to avoid tricky conversations. Uh, she s- says things to Philip like, You mustn't do that, make me giggle. I think I often wondered actually, and I thought about it yesterday after the cenotaph, and they sort of go back inside. Do they then go, do they have plans for the rest of the day? Do they have people back to the house for coffee and biscuits or something? I don't, I mean, I can't imagine what sort of. What sort of conversation would be would be like, but uh, I think she 's as obsessed with him now as she ever was. They, they seem to have one of those marriages that you know when you consider everything they 've been through, I appreciate the fact that you know it can 't be easy being head of state it can 't be easy there knowing that you 're in that job until you die it 's a bit like being Pope, I suppose. But you just marvel at the fact that she seems to have this limitless energy. She will get out of this. I know she doesn't have to actually get up in the morning and go, oh, God, did you put the machine on? Oh, God, no knickers. You know, you just can't imagine anything like that. You know, you can't imagine Charles actually putting toothpaste on a toothbrush because they have somebody to do it. I think you have the, the nave of the bathroom or something, and they, they do these things for them. They don't. I don't think physically they've ever done it. I don't think the Queen's ever sat at a red traffic light. Everywhere she goes, she smells fresh paint. They always have to build a toilet in case she needs to go. But she never—they don't go. She's going to the toilet. They never do things like that now. She'll turn up. She does it, and then you look at Prince Andrew's lazy, good-for-nothing daughters, and you suddenly realise that there are wastes of space inside the royal family. Would you like a butler to run around after you? No, no, I don't think so. No, I can't think of anything worse. Actually, I've always wanted um, a PA. I always thought if if I had you know loads of money again, which highly unlikely, but you know, if I was one of those, those people and you'd have somebody who could sort everything out for you. So, you know, if your accountant phones up like at the moment and says, oh, I need this and this, you say to the, the AP, oh, right. Can you sort that out? And they do it. You know, Christmas, they do the list right. These are all the people. These ones are getting towels. These ones are getting video recorders. These ones are getting a gift voucher. These ones are getting a copy of your book. So you want to be a celebrity. And uh, these ones are getting a copy of the book. So you want to be a celebrity and a spare. And so you can do things like that. And that, that would be useful. And also somebody who sort of takes all your washing out, gets it washed and iron, brings it all back again. And then you think, it wouldn't leave you with anything to do, would it? And then would I have a personal trainer? And I think, would I have a personal trainer? And I thought, yeah, but then there'd be some mornings you'd be going, right, we're going... Because I have, have had a personal trainer before when we raised money for the ITV telethon some years ago. We decided for four weeks that we would be trained and then we would raise money and get sponsored that way, which is duly what we did. But there were days where I could have killed the trainer you know he'd he'd sit there because he was sort of fit and he'd go right uh, first of all uh, go and give me three three circuits, oh God, and you'd have to do it and uh, and i would I would sort of i think I got quite fit at the end of it, but I ended up wanting to kill him. It was as simple as that no, i wouldn't ring a bell and have a cup of coffee delivered i've always wanted my ultimate gift for Christmas was going to be a teas made some years ago, and I always thought a teas made or a coffee made would be the sort of thing to have. And then my auntie Ivy had one in Gidea Park. And, uh, and I remember thinking, what a brilliant... But then somebody said to me, it wakes you up with a cup of tea. And I thought, no, you wake up when it starts boiling the water. <laughs> you have to put up with that noise. But I always thought that was the flash. And you can still buy them. You can still buy teas made. And I thought, that would be the ultimate thing to have, wouldn't it? But I've always wanted... A staircase, a staircase that curves round. One day, one day, Steve says, Thomas, it's not a PA you need, it's a wife. They carry out all those tasks you talk of for free, including making you a cup of tea in the morning. Yeah, well, I think we'll just work on the PA one, shall we? Make it so much easier. Uh, Prince Charles under fire for these anti-Semitic comments, which he made in a letter to Lawrence van der Post some years ago, I think back in 68, I think, where he was talking about, you know, sorting out the Jewish problem in America. Uh, just realising, of course, as I did, that Charles writes letters to certain people. I think Lawrence van der Post was one of those people that he confided in. He had Mountbatten as well, and they would exchange letters backwards and forwards, and it was sort of Charles's way. It was like the other day, wasn't it, when we all sort of nearly died of shock when we discovered that David Beckham apparently sits at home with his friends and discusses politics. I couldn't quite get my head around that. The very idea that David Beckham even knows which political party he's in came as the first shock to me. And also the second one was that he had friends. You know, what sort of friends go round then? Oh, shall we have a whiskey and talk politics? I mean, I just can't, I can't see it happening. Can you? No. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Philip Schofield will be doing a tribute. He's going to bring out an album, apparently. He's been offered the chance to release an album. Oh, dear, I think that's taken it a bit too far, isn't it? As if we don't have enough of old Pip Schofield. I mean, he's on everything, isn't he? I don't think there's a programme on ITV that he's not on. I'm surprised he didn't do the MTV Awards or something the other day. But uh, he'll be following in the footsteps of uh, Shane Ritchie, Alexander Armstrong, Nick Knowles and Bradley Walsh. They've all had chart hits. He is tempted, he said, by the, the, uh, the offer. He says, I never say never, never. we will see. In other words, he'll be doing it. You know, you could just tell, can't you? Because he just sort of wants. Perhaps he could. I don't know what he would sing, actually, but he can sing. He's been in the charts before with uh, Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. He got as far as number 27, so not exactly a resounding singer. So he had to sing. I close my eyes, drew back the curtain, woo, to see for certain. What I thought dying. Why is it we all know the words to Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Bring me my coloured coat. I always wanted to do that. But there was no way I was going to take my shirt off for anybody on stage unless they gave me one of those prosthetic body things that made it look as like I had a six-pack. Because when Philip Schofield did it, he was, a bit, he was a bit flubby-wubby in the body. I could look like Rodrigo Alves. So, bring me my coloured coat, my amazing colour. And I don't know whether that would work, actually. There must be a route for him somewhere. Of course, the shocking news we brought you last week was that Rodrigo Alves is heterosexual. I'd have put money on it. I'd have put money on on the fact that he wasn't. He was a trolley dolly up in the sky. I mean, you know, I appreciate the fact there are heterosexual trolley dollies, but Rodrigo Alves he's just so camp he's almost he's beyond camp. This is LBC with Steve Allen. morning, everybody. It's the best of Steve Allen here on LBC. And here's some more of what caught my attention this week. I like the idea that a nine-year-old girl has taken a picture of the Loch Ness Monster. She hasn't, of course, because there's no such thing. It's just another load of old baloney. But uh, we don't want to upset little kittywinks at this time of the morning. But there is no such thing, I'm here to tell you, as the Loch Ness Monster, OK? It's a very bad picture. And as you know, every single phone now has actually got a camera in it, which is perfect quality. You know, really, you should be able to get, per- but there is no such thing as a Loch Ness Monster. So I don't, I don't want to burst her bubble, but I'm telling you now, it doesn't exist. Paul Smith, of course he says it's real. He's main t- he's paid by the Scottish Loch Ness Association of Monsters to promote it. And so when he hears Sassanax going, uh, it doesn't exist, you know, he'll, he'll have to come back and say it does exist. I doubt- well, of course, they're both Scottish. They've got the same thing in common. They both speak another language, you know, and cover themselves in woad. And things like that. Was that them, or was that the Picts? And the, I can't remember which group of people it was used to cover themselves in woad. That's where you used to paint yourself blue, I think, or something. But as most of the people in Scotland suffer with the weather anyway, they turn out to be blue most of the time, I should think. But uh, all Scottish people defend the Loch Ness monster. It's rubbish. It doesn't exist. They only do it to sort of you know, keep the little kiddie winks happy and that kind of stuff. I'm here to. I'm here to do reality. I'm afraid we don't do PC. After somebody wrote to me the other day, I tell you, have you heard anything so thick in your entire life? When I was complaining about Harry, who apparently used to be in Afghanistan ages ago, and he's grown this beard. And uh, somebody said, well, it doesn't make any difference, Steve, because he's not in the forces anymore. OK, so why was he wearing his forces uniform out there? He's just an ordinary little bloke with a girlfriend who lives in Canada. OK. And so I appreciate the fact when you're in the force, th- this this person wrote to me real thicko, real thicko, and said in Afghanistan, they're allowed to grow beards. No, they're not uh, to make them blend in with the local people. You really think Harry looks like he was born in Afghanistan, do you? You're more stupid than I thought you were in the first place. There's no such ruling in the forces. I checked with them yesterday. I didn't. But I'm just saying that because I know that you're not intelligent enough to challenge me and um, they have to be clean-shaven. Occasionally, if you get special permission, you can do it. But he's not in the forces, but he was wearing the forces uniform. Don't you have to give them back, or do you get to keep your uniform? It's all very odd. But, uh, no, he just looks a bit scruffy. Very, very scruffy. Uh, from uh, Karen in Inverness. My son Liam works in the uh, Classman Hotel on Loch Ness. As we drive past each day, watching the hordes of tourists stopped at the side of the road taking photos, he shouts out, ''Oh, my God, get over it, It's only water!'' I'm oh, sorry, I don't know why I did that as an accent. <laughs> I don't know why. But, uh, yes, it's true. Made me laugh how Scots don't get the hype. Well, because it's a tourist industry. That's what it is. It's a tourist industry. They are, they are keeping going a story from years and years ago. This thing must be 190 by now. And also, what, it's still surviving by itself? No, that would have to be a family. What does it eat? Nothing. There's no fish in Loch Ness. It's all, so it would have to be vegetarian. And if it's vegetarian, it has to come up to eat Well, it doesn't. And then you believe that old wives' story, that there are hidden caves down beneath the water. Well, yeah, yeah. Paul actually reckons it eats plankton. Well, when does it eat plankton? When does it breathe? It stays underwater. Even whales come up to breathe. You know, they dive down, then they come up, and then they go, and then they breathe. The Loch Ness Monster doesn't appear to be... Perhaps it's got oxygen cylinders on its back. That's the sort of thing. But they, they don't... I've seen the film about it. It doesn't exist, I'm afraid. It's very sweet. It's very nice. Yeah, it's a toy Nessie. (laughs) Bentley Bear could have a friend in the car. Bentley Bear. My brother still can't believe that I've got Bentley Bear in the back of my car. (laughs) I know, even the producer thinks it's slightly peculiar. But there again, he thinks Christmas trees at the beginning of November. Mine go up Monday. This coming Monday, my, my trees will be up, three of them. I've got to go and get some more lights, I think. I don't think 30,000 is enough, is it, really? (laughs) Steve Allen on LBC. James says the Titanic's been found already. Honestly, did you go to school? Where have they found it? Where's that from? Found? What do you mean, found it? I've never been so stupid in my entire life. They found the Titanic. Well, that stayed out of the news, didn't it? God, blimey, honestly. Weybridge is obviously way too intelligent and then somebody says maybe I'm dreaming this but didn't James Cameron make a documentary about for what is it with this Titanic stuff? How is this? Where is this come from all of a sudden? I don't realise anything of this but James Cameron made a documentary about finding the Titanic after he made a movie about the Titanic. Where is this coming from this morning? I think people must have thought I fell out of a coconut tree or something, finding the Titanic. I mean, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, apparently, Steve, they know exactly where the Titanic... What is it with this Titanic thing? I can't believe this. This is Tony in Portsmouth. He said it's 400 miles off Newfoundland. And then somebody says here it's 3,800 metres, or 2.37 miles down. Oh, ridiculous, honestly. Mark says the Titanic was found in 2004. It wasn't. Honestly... Ridiculous. Anybody who tells Fibs about the Titanic is banned for life from this programme. Definitely. And everything else. And uh, and somebody else says it was found in 85. It's common knowledge... What, what common it might be. Knowledge it certainly is. I've never heard of so much rubbish in my entire life. The Titanic. Can you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? The Titanic's been found. Yes, and we've also found some German U-boats and everything else. And I think they're also bringing up Noah's Ark and everything else. That'll be found. That was found on a mountain in Turkey, wasn't it? Somebody was was claiming, oh, I found Noah's Ark. I thought, well, the animals are still inside it, are they? I quite like the film about Noah's Ark. I thought that was quite well done, actually. Uh, Somebody says you can buy a watch made from the bits of the hull by a watchmaker called Remain. Where do you get this information from? I find it unbelievable. Ridiculous, honestly. Uh, And then somebody else says um, discover September 85. Oh, Alan, stop it, for goodness sake. Uh, And then Leon says it's been found. Check wiki. Oh, you don't believe wiki, do you? If it's a bar, that has got me down as over 60 on Wikipedia. You can't believe things like that. It's really... We'll put it this way. It's not in the papers today, let me tell you that. So if it's been found, they've kept it pretty secret, ladies and gentlemen. Can't believe it. I love the idea that somebody said it's 12,500 feet, which is 2.37 miles, apparently, or something. I mean, yeah, so they just found it, did they? Well, it just sort of, somebody sent up a distress signal from it. I think not. Uh, other stories in the uh, in the papers for today. I can't believe you're going for this one. I mean, seriously, can't believe you're going for it. And then somebody's just tweeted. I must read you this one here because it's actually quite a quite a good tweet. And it says, "Top five funniest shows of the year this morning." Love the fact you're getting so wound up about the Titanic. It's redu- I don't know why people mention it. Goodness sake, honestly, just because somebody made a little film about it. Years ago, which would have been cheaper to raise the bloomin' thing. And now people are saying they found it. Oh, for goodness sake, honestly. Uh, Steve, the Titanic was found after Gemma Collins dived into the sea uh, whilst on holiday. And uh, Steve, honestly, Steve, of course they haven't found it. It was a film pretending they have. What's wrong with these people, says Joe? I don't know. They've all gone mad this morning. The whole world has crawled out going, of course they found it, Steve. I mean, I'm used to a wind-up and a bit of a laugh, but for goodness sake, really... Uh, another one here from Luke, who says, please get a morning presenter who knows his something from his elbow. Basic imp- another one. Are you mad? Goodness sake, honestly, Sally. Thank you. And uh, st- another one here. It says, Steve, some of the Titanic passengers are still alive. They've got tinned food available. Well, that I'd probably believe, actually. There used to be a woman who used to turn up on Uh, shows like, um, I can't remember what the show was, but they used to put somebody on there and say, you know, why is this woman famous? And she was a baby, apparently, on the Titanic. How she remembered, God alone knows. But uh, she survived. She survived. And then she died some years ago. Do you remember? Because we did it on the programme. And uh, somebody says, did you see the Titanic with Kate Winslet? No, they never called him Titanic. He was called Leonardo DiCaprio. Was, they never called him Titanic. I know he looked a bit fat, but I mean, promise you he was all right. And remember the opening footage scene with the deep sea footage? They, fa- they found the Titanic. Oh, for goodness sake, where did these people come from? And somebody says the Titanic isn't in the news, says Liz, because it was found in the 1980s. Honestly, it really isn't missing anymore. What? What? This is getting worse by the day. That's by the minute. All these people saying, oh, they found the Titanic and all this kind You must think I'm stupid or something. The producer can't get over this one at all. Leading Britain's conversation, LBC, with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. This is the best of Steve Allen here on LBC. Let's take a look back through some more of my highlights from my early breakfast shows this week. They found a massive lobster with an eight-inch claw. I don't think eight inches sounds very big. I was asking around the studio earlier on... I checked with Aussie boy, because, he, you know, he comes from, you know, a land down... Well, I was saying, you actually come from a land down under, where... And, and I said, eight inches, is that considered big for a lobster? And he, we decided, we didn't think eight inches were very big at all. I've seen... I'm sure I've seen 13-inch claws. I'm sure I have. And then he said, he said, he said, but eight inches, he said, you could get in your mouth, you know, in, in one go. But I said, but you don't do that with lobsters. What you have to do is you have to crack the claw... And then extract. Yep, eight. I know you wrote eighteen inches. If it was eighteen inches, this thing would be attacking us. It was (laughs) thinking centimeters because eight. Because I said to no, I said to you at the time. I said eight inches isn't very big. And when we mulled that over, we decided actually eight inches is not that big. You know, I mean, everybody aren't we all? Am I singing from the same hymn sheet as everybody else? Eighteen inches would be huge. I mean, that would be something to make you go, whoa, if that appeared on a plate in front of you, wouldn't it? But anyway, so, but I know, but, but you would know that because you come from Australia where they eat a lot of, of shellfish and stuff like that. So, so to see, you know, something with something that big in front of it, I suppose, wouldn't be that uh, that unusual. I love this programme sometimes. It really, yesterday, you didn't hear yesterday. Did you hear yesterday? Oh, hilarious. Yesterday, we, we did a thing. I can't remember how it came up. But at some point in the programme, we did a thing about somebody said, oh, when they found the Titanic. So I go, they found the Titanic. When? We got so many texts and emails from people saying they found it back in 85. How can you not know this? I said, don't be so ridiculous. We kept it going for an hour. People seriously believed that I didn't know that the, that the Titanic had been found. Going, But Steve, it was, I've, I found it. And do you know what we, we discovered? The producer, Chris who's probably listening at the moment because he can't sleep, he went on to this thing and on on Wikipedia he discovered what was the most Googled thing at five to six in the morning? Titanic. We'd obviously had an impact on the spike for Wikipedia and people writing in going, no, Steve, they definitely found it back I'm thinking, you can't be that stupid. I talk about the Titanic all the time. But luckily we managed to find all of them yesterday morning. People going, I can't believe you didn't know that they found the Titanic. You think, of course I knew. Of course I knew. I'm doing a wind-up here. Unbelievable. I can't... Today, I'm doing the Ark of the Covenant, I've decided, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, Noah's Ark, anything like that, and the grave of Jesus. Because seriously, somewhere, there must be a grave, mustn't there? There has to be a grave. But then I suddenly realised that Jesus, or Jesus, was the most popular name in biblical times. Everybody was, it's like today being called Chav or Kylie or something like that. It's, sort of, it's a very common name. And so in all the cemeteries, you see the name Jesus all over the place. So, yeah. I quite like that, actually. I nearly bought a church once. I looked at a church. Yeah, there was one for sale. I mean, when I say I nearly bought one, it was nine million quid. OK, so I'm I'm only joking that I was going to buy it. But I like looking through on Knight Frank's website, and it was down in Petersham. And it was an old um, Greek Orthodox church, which they converted. So you've still got the whole church. The crypt is now a swimming pool. You've got a 54 foot by 38 foot by... 50 foot high sitting room six bedrooms it's beautiful and outside a huge tower which you could decorate with with lights and, and I looked at it and I thought if I won 9 million quid would I buy it? and I thought absolutely to live in a church to be that near to God you know come the day of judgement I could be buried in my own garden I quite fancied that idea and then unfortunately I didn't win the lottery that weekend so I went into deep depression and discovered Prosecco but you know one has to uh, one has to do these things but I found a great thing for Christmas which uh, which Darren would like, and I found it in a Christmassy shop, made by a company who do a lot of lights. It begins with it could be it's not Noma, but it's something like that. And it's a wooden frame, little houses at the bottom, and Merry Christmas cut out of wood at the back, and you put two AA batteries in, and it all lights up. Ever so pretty. It's really pretty, twenty quid. It's really pretty. It's, it's got the right right price on it, and it's the right, and it looks beautiful. It's sort of you think. When you go to Scandinavian countries, they have better Christmas decorations and stuff. They really do. In Iceland, probably the same as they do in Finland, they don't really sort of do so much lights, but they carve blocks of ice out with a hole in the middle, put a nightlight in there, and it looks amazing. Really good. You're going next Thursday? Are you really? Do they have Christmas shops there, the same as they've got? Really? I bet they've got nice Yule. yule. I bet they've got lovely hats as well, because when we went to Norway to cut down the Christmas tree for Trafalgar Square we all got taken over there, there was about six of us taken over, flown over, lovely tramped through the forest, freezing bloody cold but uh, everybody wears these beautifully knitted hats like Aaron Fair Isle sweater kind of things and I thought I must get some different hats for this year because it's too cold to go out without them on Mm. I was sealed I'm sorry about sealskin hats what does that look like? Does that look like just wearing a condom? Or something. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I'm just thinking of seal skin. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) You sort of pull it over your head and they go... Have you seen people that do that with condoms? Have you ever seen that on the television? They do it. You you pull the condom over your head. I don't know what channel I was like. No, it's just a normal channel. They were doing it. And then they sort of... And you can blow it up. So it... It's very Channel 5, isn't it? It probably was Channel 5, actually. It was ages ago, but I remember thinking you can blow condoms up. Listen, we've got a sex show for goodness. I have to explain to me we've got a sex show where they're talking about things I've never even heard of. Never even heard of some of the things on there. I had to report it to myself. I said, Stephen, you, you can't listen to this sort of thing. Just getting me very Are you producing it this weekend? Are you really? How do you produce a show like that? I don't know how you begin. Do, do you sort of sit down and go, Okay, what are we gonna do today? Vibrators? Uh or so you know, I don't I don't know what you what you do for producing that show. I have done sex shows on LBC before. I've done emotional shows, you know, shows where people sort of talk about their sort of problems. But uh, I don't know whether I could do one in this day. Because it's all a bit more open now, isn't it? There's far more openness on the television, things that they they talk about. And my my goddaughter, she works um, in customs at an airport in uh, in this country and she said you wouldn't believe the things that uh, that come in she said that you open up the, the the case she said and it's men who've got the oddest things in their cases so little mike producing it this weekend that'll be exciting won't it <laughs> Like a learning curve. Well, when I say curve, I don't mean it's some sort of inability to... you know I'm just sort of saying it's a... Oh, anyway, let's leave it, shall we? Let's not worry about that. Think about other things on the programme this morning. All we've got to do is take your texts and emails. All we've got to do is go through the papers. All we've got to do is have a bit of fun, because that's what it's all about. There is no point in having a programme that is too deep and meaningful, because it just it just doesn't work. Oh, so last week was uh, your 2000 Top Fantasies. Good dear. Uh, Also, how porn is affecting young minds. Which I think is quite good, actually. Then they have the Dilemmas Hour. Uh, I quite like the idea. Annabelle Knight, celebrity relationship coach. So, biggest sexual fantasy. Do you know what the the poll is? Watching or being watched. (laughs) Group sex. (laughs) What, like sort of Manfred Mann or The Beatles or something? Sex with a stranger, (laughs) as always. And being dominated, sit over there, don't want to sit over there I don't want to <laughs> take your clothes off no <laughs> it's all it's all it's all too it's too overrated as far as I'm concerned the very idea i think it's a young person's game isn't it really do you think so no, just me again i just don't i i sort of i've become a little bit a bit sort of old fashioned i think really. I don't want to. I don't want to see people sitting on television discussing about their sex lives. Thank you very much indeed. I just, I just don't think it's entertainment. And then talking about what your sexual fantasies would be. You know, you ask most normal. If you sit in the pub and go, "So what's your sexual fantasy?" Most people just laugh because nobody ever asks anybody. I suppose we're all a bit repressed. I'm certainly repressed. I mean, the very idea that you could actually have a fantasy about. I don't know what the fantasy would be actually. And if, even if I knew it, I wouldn't tell you. Do you have a fantasy, Mike? Would you? Would you? Uh, Oh, no, I know, but do you have a fantasy? Would you? (laughs) God, I can't believe we're doing this at this time of the morning. It's very odd, isn't it? But then I think we've gone so far past the watershed, I don't think it makes any difference really anymore, does it? You know, you sort of get to this sort of stage and they go, so what would your fantasy be? I mean, I know what Paul Smith's fantasy would be. I know exactly. That'd be to remember to bring his wallet when we go out for lunch. That would be his fantasy. Your... Oh, right. Your fantasy would be for me to take an ad break. You see, we're so open on this, but we can discuss this as adults, as two people of mature years. And his fantasy would be for me to go. It's 17 minutes past four. Steve Allen on LDC. Uh, apparently, the question is what did you do when you've already fulfilled your fantasy, said Zach, as I did a couple of years ago? Sex gets very dull after that. You should always have something to aim for. I don't know, yes. I'm not really too sure about that. It's just, I mean, I, I, isn't it like... Didn't somebody liken it to doing drugs? You know, if, if, if you do drugs, and just supposing, hypothetically, in this ridiculous world, that, uh, that you try uh, marijuana, which they've just done for a television programme with Biggins and, and Linda and uh, Pats and Clement and all these other people, and they, um, and they do uh, this, and then they do it through a bong and everything else, and, and then once that ceases to have the effect, you then try something stronger. So you might go on to skunk, which apparently stinks to high heaven. But anybody who smokes drugs, and then they'll tell you it's absolutely fine and all the rest of it. But they're generally, you know, not just three sheets to the wind, but they're flying in the wind without wings. And uh, that's when problems start. So, uh, you know, it, it is a bit like that, I think. And if you fulfil sexual fantasies, but where do you learn sexual fantasies from? I can't believe we're talking about this on a Wednesday morning, <laughs> a sexual fantasy on a Wednesday morning. I mean, you know, would it be? I mean, mine used to be covering myself in chocolate and waiting till it hardened. And then sort of said, well, I remember doing it. I was I was on the bed and I'd paint it. Somebody bought me paint on chocolate one year with a brush. I got the brush and the paint on chocolate and and, and then it hardened. But nobody came in. Nobody bothered. So I thought, I shan't be doing that bit again. That was very dull. And apparently some people like to cover themselves in marshmallows. There was a fantasy once where somebody was covered with food and you ate your dinner off a naked person. I mean, it doesn't work with chicken korma, I realise. But uh, samosas you could probably get it working with. But I mean, anything that's sort of curry-based is not going to work pouring it over somebody's body, is it? I'm scarred enough as it is without me to worry about anything like curries. Fish and chips off your body could be quite nice, couldn't it? Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. This is the best of Steve Allen on LBC. I've still got time to squeeze in a little more of my favourite bits from this week's shows. Let's start here. Uh, Jess says, uh, I'm lucky if I get a text from my younger relatives, let alone card. Do you still uh, send postcards when on holiday? No. No, I think the postcard market must be collapsing. Does anybody send it? And he used to say the same thing on every postcard. Whenever you went on holiday as a youngster, as I did, you would go out and you'd you'd look through the rack outside the shop that sold the bucket and spades and the beach balls and the kites and everything else. And you'd go back, you'd go, right, I'll buy it. And it would go, ten for a pound. So you buy ten cards. You know, the the pictures are about 20 years out of date. If you, if you go to some of the places in London that sell postcards, they will still have pictures of punks on the King's Road in Chelsea. Well, the last time I saw a punk on the King's Road in Chelsea, it was the 80s. You just don't see it. There might be one or two of them, but they're about 90 by now. It's ridiculous. They look ridiculous. And so you'd go down and you go, oh, you know, Little Hampton. So obligatory, there'll be a picture of a pier. Uh, there'll also be a picture of donkeys. There'll be a picture of a donkey with a hat on with flowers in it with his ears poking through. There'll be a picture of rude-shaped rock. There'll always be something, won't there? And, then, and you look at these pictures. I mean, Bournemouth was the same thing. Picture of a lifeboat. Just what you need, isn't it, really? You know, a picture of people sitting on the beach. And you think, when, what year was that take? It turns out it's about the 1960s, if not before then. So you'd buy your card, you'd write the same thing to Mike, care of Steve Allen Show, LBC, London WC 280. And you go, having a great time, wish we're here. But that's all you write. You don't write anything. What else do you write on a postcard? We arrived on the Monday. The place was filthy. The landlady can't cook and she smokes. You know, when you don't write that. You just write, wish you went, because I can't be bothered. Seriously, as anyone we got a pen. Oh, God. Or felt, is that what you've got? A felt tip pen. Oh, I'll do that one then. Miss you. That's it. That's all you write on a card. Then you put a kiss on the bottom of it. Now that's seen as sort of coming on to somebody. So you can't put kisses on the bottom. It's going to completely screw up my Christmas card sending this year. Because I'm so used to sending Christmas cards with lots of love. Steve. I do it automatically, even if I go out somewhere and somebody says, can you sign something? It doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman. I sign it. Lots of love, Steve. I can't help it. That's just what I, I'm in show business. That's what we do. We kiss everybody on both cheeks. If they're bending over, we always, always kiss people. That's what we do. We're in show business. It's called show. Bu- I can't describe it to anybody. If you're not, in, you know, if you're a butch trucker, I bet there's a few of you listening this morning. You know, perhaps you don't kiss people unless you're a gay butch trucker. In which case, you know, you probably do do a lot of kissing. All right, mate, have a Yorkie. You know, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we kiss, we're in show business. Can't help it. I do it to loads of people. Nobody's ever complained so far. Uh, Steve, check out uh, We Want Plates on Twitter. Lots of examples of chips and food in barrels, little shopping trolleys. There's even one where somebody was served bacon hanging on a mini washing line from Yorkshire says Chris we want plates and here it is all these bizarre why can't you just oh god see, it doesn't come on plates I went to a place a shop, I'll tell you where it was it was Bill's and a friend of mine said oh, we've got to go to Bill's to do a great breakfast it was very average I thought oh my goodness oh no and and the breakfast came on a wooden platter where's the plate give me a plate and they don't do that now you get sort of it's it's all on you know decorative what the god's name is that an antler, served on an antler. Where is that one? This is a very shiny nose and other health problems. <laughs> Rudolph the red nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose and other health problems, so it was the kindest thing to do, really. We had him put to sleep. <laughs> that was that. But it's, uh, why can't people just, oh dear me, why can't people just put food on plates and have it normally? Also, wood, it, ha- it harbours all sorts of germs. Don't want things like that. Or there's a little chair here with sort of bread. Oh, for God's sake, give it to a place. Bread comes in a basket, okay? Bread comes in a basket and then, oh dear, that's even worse. Somebody's little chihuahua, but it's not really a chihuahua. It's made out of China by the look of it. And at the back of it, it's got some sort of fajita kind of thing there. (sighs) Rubbish. A slipper with, with chips in it. What's going on? I agree with Delia Smith. Food's got very poncy nowadays. They don't want, it's like little portions. I forget what they used to call it. I'm sure it was sort of some, some fancy name for sort of just very expensive stuff. And you can have a tasting menu. I always think if you can have a tasting menu, have it for the desserts. Because you always see the desserts, and I, I have been known to buy three desserts in a place. Because sometimes I go, oh, that sounds quite nice. So I'll have three desserts and I share them with whoever I'm with, sort of. Um, And and if they made miniature ones, that'd be brilliant. Little ice cream. It's like, you know, ice creams. Do you want three scoops of chocolate? No. I don't want three scoops. Can't you do little scoops? Just have a little tasting menu. Because that'd be... In fact, I could eat a scoop of chocolate ice cream now. In fact, my mouth has gone so dry, I could absolutely kill... I had a vanilla ice cream the other day in a a restaurant when I was with Paul Cooper. uh, Paul Cooper... Paul Smith, the newsreader, and I had um, I had vanilla ice cream. It was delicious. It was really—I think it must have been homemade vanilla ice cream. But it was like—but I didn't—I didn't want too much of it. I had two scoops, and that was four quid, which I thought was okay for a dessert. But uh, occasionally I see, so I go, "Oh, that looks nice." Like jelly, I love, but jelly is so bad for me because it sends my blood sugars up through the roof. And tomorrow. I've got the doctor for the diabetic uh, sort of results things. It's going to be rubbish. I know it's going to... I can tell you it's going to be rubbish now because it's always the day before I get myself stressed out. But the last time I went in, my um, my blood pressure was perfect. Absolutely perfect. The uh, the wounds are all healing. Everything's all tickety-boo. It's all go. But I know that he's going to find the blood sugars not being particularly brilliant. Not But, but I, occasionally I love a jelly. Oh, <gasps> God, I used to love a jelly. A jelly with pomegranate seeds in it. That was absolutely delicious. And then occasionally I go for a little trifle, a little, tri- that, that sort of, that sort of quite excites me. <laughs> I've discovered the older I get, the simpler the pleasures become. But tomorrow we have our meeting, you know, we all sit in a, a room and they, they sort of go, well done, Steve. You've got some nice audience figures. Thank you very much indeed. And, and so it goes through. I'm going to take in a, um, a tin of quality straight because it'll make me very popular because you take taking quality. People can't resist them, can they? It's the one way of winning people over. It's no good taking after eight because they're just dull and boring. But if you take in a tin of quality street, everybody's got their favorite out of all these things, or heroes, or something like that. And so it so takes it. No, no, please, please do not text in your favourites, Purdue we're not remotely interested. We had that the other day, people were going, Oh, my favourite oh no, shut up. I'm not interested. Seriously. It's not one of those sort of programs. There are other radio stations for, for people who sort of are desperate to sort of be on the air or something. Not not this not this program. Thank you very much indeed. Steve Allen on LBC. Also enjoying life on a dozen pills each day. The over-65s take at least five drugs a day. See, I think that's actually quite... Uh, quite. I do 80 tablets a week. I know, that's not a nice word to use. I mustn't use that word here. <laughs> yeah, 80 tablets a week. Yeah, I do seven in the morning. I do three at lunchtime and two in the evening. No, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve a day. So, yes, yes, I take them all with water, although actually I'm very good, I can take the whole lot, all, all the, the morning tablets, I don't do them individually, I can do the whole lot in my hand, throw them in my mouth, quick slurp of water and they've all gone, I can swallow in one, and I can swallow tablets without water, I can actually, some people can't do tablets without water, I can do tablets without water. I think it's over the years you kind of get used to it, and you thought, oh, it's water, water. And I was always told never drink water out of the bathroom taps. I don't know why. I always thought it came from somewhere else. Where else I've got no. I think it just perhaps it goes the same water goes to the toilet or something like that. And you wouldn't drink out of the toilet, so I have to be very careful if I drink out of the bathroom tap. I will try and have a little tiny bit, but no tablets. I I can do I can do dry, dry tablets. Very easy, especially if it's a coated tablet. But no, tablets in the morning, easy. So over 80 tablets a week I do, which seems quite a lot, actually, but not when you sort of read how many other tablets are being done. Could I do without some of them? No, I couldn't. Well, I don't keep track. I don't need to. The chemist does it. The chemist that I go to, good. And all the other chemists do it as well. If you take a lot of tablets, I have boxes which are all split into different sections, and they put all the tablets in all the different sections. So I just slide the thing open, pour them into my hand and, and take them. So I've got four boxes, which hold a month's supply of tablets. I get a month, I've only just got them recently, within about the last two days. So I've got a month's supply of tablets. And other people do. They get, come in blister packs as well, you can take them that way. If you do a lot, they'll actually do it for you. makes it so much easier because before you walk out with a carrier bag full of all these boxes of tablets, you can't remember what you've taken half the time. So when, when they do it, they are the experts. So I go and see Mr Shah and his staff and they, uh, they, they look after me. Those are all the highlights I've got time for this morning. Don't forget, I'm back live from 5 o'clock tomorrow morning and we'll be with you for the 4am spike all next week too.